This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp, B-E-T-T-E-R. We work out our bodies. Let's work out our minds. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash Leo. Get that 10% off your first month. You're like, what is BetterHelp? Why would I go there? Because it's it's online therapy, baby. That's right. You don't have to sit in traffic. Uh, It's cheaper. It's international. So wherever you are in the world, your therapist can go with you. And you don't even have to sit in an office. The best thing is you can do this from your phone. Uh, You can text. You can call. Within 48 hours, they're going to match you up with your own therapist. Some people have their own chef, their own personal trainer. You get your own therapist. How cool is that? And here's the best part. If you don't like the therapist, you can just find yourself another one. You know, They will match you up with another therapist. Because I have friends who are looking for therapists right now, and they're saying how hard it is to find one. Everybody everybody got a therapist now, it seems like, nowadays. So get one. And, and if you're one of those people who are like, well, my life is good, everything's good, I don't need a therapist, that's why now is the time to get one. Because when life hits the fan, and, and inevitably it does, right, uh, that's not the time to look for a therapist. Because it takes time to build rapport, to connect for them to know your backstory, for you to feel comfortable. So get a therapist now, somebody that you can talk to, build a relationship with, and then you can take a break. But then you have, you know, you got that therapist in your pocket when things do hit the fan, when life does punch you in the face. And then you got that, now it's not even a therapist you're calling, it's a friend, but it's a friend who's going to, who's going to like make you feel safe and secure and hold all your secrets and, and show you how to grow and get unstuck. It's, it's the best friend in the world, right there in your pocket, on your cell phone. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash Leo. Get that 10% off your first month now. Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today's guest is An- Antonio. I almost said Andrew. Antonio Longino, a former Arizona State football player and subject of the best-selling book from Cleveland, Ohio, Fourth and Trenches. It's based on a true story. Uh, yes. Yeah, because you're from, you had a, are you, you're not from Cleveland, Ohio, are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm from East Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, I played with some guys uh, from, from uh, Cincinnati, and they call it the Natty. They're like, yeah, we're from the Natty. Is there, is there a name for people from, from Cleveland? No, <laughs> we're from East Cleveland. <laughs> you just no, from Cleveland. The nasty natty, that's yeah, that's that's out the way. That's about four hours. So you play college football at Arizona State, and you have a a, a powerful, powerful story uh, where dreams were shattered, destroyed. A single mother struggled to raise eight kids. You one of eight kids, Antonio? Nine. Nine. Yeah. Wow. Without where do you fall in in that? I'm the youngest. Now, and then how old is the oldest one above you? The, the next one above you? Mm, like 45. Like 45. I'm like, I'm about to be uh, 30. So it's 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37. Then like 42, 45. Wow. So you kind of almost grew up like an only child, it sounds like. You said like a three-year difference, right? Or is there a five-year difference? Oh no, we all a year apart. Like oh. first seven, yeah. Order this back to back every year. Oh, you're the youngest. 
Yeah, I'm the youngest. Oh. <laughs> Yo, you grew up in that Brady Bunch household. Yeah. yeah wow. Okay, so <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> okay. All right, but so give you know what happened? What happened in college? You're 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 one of nine, uh, yeah. and to make it out of Cleveland, I know it wasn't an easy feat, right? And yeah, you get yeah. to college on a football scholarship, I'm assuming. Yeah. So so what uh, what happens? Where, where does it where does it go south, kind of, or where does it take a turn? Uh, really, college was a breeze. You know, I went to uh, Hutchinson, Kansas, at first for uh, for two years. I went to a community college, JUCO, and then got a uh, offer. Got like offers from everybody. Like I had Ohio State, uh, Arkansas, Texas A&M, uh, Mississippi State. Arbor, but I didn't want to go to Ohio State because I I wanted to be far away from home. I want to I didn't want to have like if I home was homesick, I didn't want to be able to just to go home because I knew like I'd probably get in trouble or something. So I'm like, let me go. I came out here to Arizona State and it was like, okay, this is beautiful. I like the uh, I like the vibe. I like the weather. I just you know I fell in love with it and. Came to Arizona State and shoot, it was it was fun. It was just like you know, like a whole restart, like you know, like you hitting a restart button on some fresh air. So uh, played out here, then played my uh, my first year out here. Uh, me and the coach, I got into it, but uh, we uh, I just played like special teams, and then. The next year, it was like, okay, I had my fun, like a party year, had to get that out of my system. I, I wasn't playing. I'm like, okay. Next year, I'm like, okay, it's time to turn up and get the business. So I led the team of tackles that year, the next year. And then the next year, I led the country in tackle for loss, then led the uh, Pac-12 in sacks, and then was the first player to ever get defensive player of the week back-to-back. So it really wasn't no problem in college. It was just, you know, just trying to balance, like, I'm so emotionally attached to my family, like trying to balance, like, the the struggles, whatever, everything happening back home, being in college. Like, that was probably a little rough buzz than that. It was like college was great, great experience. Happy to experience college. Uh, we can hear the... Um, uh, what is was that a USB port? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. All good. The t- talk to me about the emotional attachment to family. The and the reason why I want to highlight this is a lot of people don't understand why people athletes who you know make it to college or go pro and then they get drawn back in to the hood or back to where they came from the place. Or they supposedly made it out of, and and because because people think that oh since you made it out you should stay out like like don't go back there like it's just but when you grow up in it you don't have that perspective, of, yeah, right, 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 exactly. So with that, I say <laughs> from my point of view, like from where I'm at, like it's like you you yeah you. You you made it whatever 
and you got away, you know what I'm saying? But your heart's still attached. Plus it's like you that's what that's what created who you are. You know what I'm saying? You can have a mindset, but like you are who you are because of where you came from. And you know what I'm saying? That's kind of a hard place. Especially one of my biggest things was like uh like my me my growth. Like I feel like I was uh I was growing a lot faster, like in my mind. And like I come from like a violent area, wherever neighborhood, but I'm like, you know, I mean it was normal to me, but when I look back at it now, because I'm such at like a peaceful place, and I can tell somebody a story, and they be like, damn, but I'm like, it really wasn't like a damn to me. It was like that's just what happened, you know what I'm saying? But but now when I really look at it like that, that was crazy though, because I can't. I mean, I can't imagine me having kids and having my child go through that. But it was like, and that probably was crazy. But it's just, like, I, like I, when I was uh, at ASU, I talked to the uh, all our players because they'd be thinking like, like we, we'd go out. I think I was probably like a senior this time, and they was everybody. They would go into a party, fighting, and they'd come back with black eyes. And I have a meeting with all of them. I'm like. Like, why y'all fighting? Like, why y'all? I'm like, y'all, I'm trying to explain to them, like, man, y'all ain't gangsters. Like, y'all, because a lot of people try to be tough and be like, get pick up images from their city and try to bring it to college. But it's like, you understand, like, once you come to college, like, you ain't no gangster card. Like, it's over with. Like, don't try. I'm like, I don't know nobody. I don't know no gangsters in college. It's just like, it's not it. Like, just let it go. You don't got to try to be hard. Like, that's not who y'all is. And I was just trying to explain to them. And it's tough because, yeah, like, some people, like, where, I, where I'm the youngest and I grew up where a lot of, I seen a lot of stuff, been into a lot of stuff. Uh, it's like, I, I, I divided myself, trying to divide myself and get out of it. And then when I finally get out of it, people trying to be tough. And I'm like, man, that's ain't, that, that ain't it, like. You ain't even that. Like, I'm, you know, kind of you want to expose them, but you want to, like, just set the tone for them. Like, you want to, like, help them because they don't even know what they're getting themselves into. But uh, back to, like, the point, it's like, I don't, uh, I'm getting kind of lost because this is, is it, it's kind of like a sensitive topic that I'm really trying to create a storyline for me to help people understand that, like, uh, uh, can I put it? It's just, it's, well, back to it, like, shoot, you're not, you don't got to try to be some, everybody in college, a lot of people in college try to be tough, like, because they think, you know how you grow up and people think like, oh, you straight A's, you, you a nerd, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, man, we here to do better, you know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't got to try to dumb yourself down and you know what I'm saying? Be tough to be like, like when I go out, like I have friends from like, oh, I'm on whatever you want. It's like, man, I'm here for a good time, man. I'm not, <laughs> I know I probably look like I do, but like, man, I'm here to kick it, man. I, my mind ain't on nothing of that tough stuff you talking about. But you know what I'm saying? That just, that's just me on some growth, man. A lot of people just, it takes a lot of people like to grow up and like understand, like, man, like, that ain't the stuff you want, and that you don't really understand what come with that. Because I understand what come with all of it, and and I and I don't really want no parts of it.
talk talk to me because you're the youngest of nine and you talk about having that growth mentally and and, and feeling more aware and uh, more like an adult, um, even though you're the youngest and and your older brothers and older siblings are are looking up to you. Where do you think you that came from? Where where did parts of that come from? I know you're raised by your mom. Where was your dad and all this? Were there mentors? Where 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 did you piece together the the mentality that that you have? Uh, it really, I mean, I always like try to come and play football because I used to see my mom cry all the time, like police kicking my doors, uh, my house shot up, and my brother's going back and forth to jail, and I'm, I see my mom crying. And I go in there hugging, like, it'll be all right, it's cool, it's cool. Like, I know, I got you. We're going to be good, you know? And and I used to go through the same stuff with my brothers. But uh, I ain't really, like, mature, like, for real. For, like, it's like I had football. I was just good at football. And when I got out of practice, whatever, I wasn't really, like, I was kind of a, I was kind of wild too, you know what I'm saying? It was just like, that's just what it is. Like, I'm just, whatever, I'm happy to finally, and when I finally got out, when I went to school, I went to Kansas and I come I come home and I leave and I'd be like, damn. And I go home like, hey, y'all, it's like another world out here. Cause I was so involved in Cleveland. Like, I'm like, man, I, I couldn't tell you one part of the country. I'm thinking like Cleveland, this is the life. This is, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just, I was adapted to it. But when I left and I like come back and I'm like, hey, like people doing different stuff out here. Like it's crazy. And I go visit other schools and I can't earn on it. And I come back like, hey, y'all, like we really tripping. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a whole world. Like I know we got our own swag and everything, but like if we need to get up out of here, like, like cause I was just, I, I think I got frustrated one time while I went home and Everybody like, let's go in on the fifth. And like, I always hate like <laughs> a bottle, whatever. Like, let's. I'm like, man, this 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 was our our only celebration. Like, that's all we did was go get a bottle, go do. I'm like, I'm like, man, that's a lot of stuff to do in this world. And this, you know, what I'm saying, just go grab a little bottle. I'm like, man, I can grab my own. But it was just like it, that 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 part just ignored, ignored me. Like, got got under my skin a little bit. But it was just like a. Uh, Man, it's a whole world, and I wanted to see. Like that's when I started to mature when I left my uh, community because it was just like I never left, and I literally thought nothing else mattered but Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, you I'm, know what? I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Antonio, because for a lot of people, um, you know, who some people are are born into affluence, right? Where they're born way out there in the suburbs and in, in very rich neighborhoods. And they never leave. They never see poverty. They never see the urban areas. They never yeah. see maybe even the countryside. And and so you you can if you grow up in to, in an extreme environment and never yeah. see anything outside of that, it can cloud how you view the world and uh and, and, and experiences. And so for you, you know, you said you went to Kansas. Now tell me what what did you see or experience in Kansas? that you said to yourself, I want more of that, or that, you know, 
connects with me or I want to I want to experience more of that or I wish the guys back at the at the at the crib could see this. Like it really was in Kansas, like exactly. It was the people in like because I went, it was people from all over places, and I'm hearing other people's thoughts, and I'm I'm meeting new people. Cause Kansas was probably the most boringest place in my life. Like <laughs> I would never go back there. Like Kansas is, is horrible to me. You know what I'm saying? But it was kind of like I'm meeting people from Florida, like from Atlanta, from uh Cali, like just all over the places. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm, I'm just checking out different cultures, like, okay, okay, y'all different. I'm I'm picking up on that's why I'm like, it's a different world. Like, I didn't even know these type of like people from Philly, like. I'm hearing people's language, like, that's how y'all talk out there. It was just funny to me. But, like, when I, like, started making visits, like, I took the trip to Arkansas. I took a trip to uh, Texas a and I took a trip to uh, Mississippi State. I'm taking all these trips, and I take a trip to Arizona State, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, but Kansas was, like, a horrible, boring place. Kansas did teach me, though, like, it's okay to do nothing because I – I was just waking up like, man, we gotta do something like that. And then, and that's when really in the city, like you get in the most trouble when you bored and it ain't nothing to do. Like, and you just, you know what I'm saying? You wanna leave that night, like, man, it's okay. Kansas taught me like, man, just sit down. Like, it's okay to just sit down. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I understood that aspect. That helped me a lot. Cause it's like, I'm okay with like doing nothing. Like I don't gotta be trying to do something every day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes, you need to sit down, reflect on yourself, just catch a vibe, learn how to catch yourself vibe. So, yeah. I think so many people struggle with anxiety. I mean, I know for myself, I wake up with this angst of, I got to do something. I got to make something of myself. I got to get to work. You know, yeah. I don't want to be seen as lazy. And you're right. Like, when I go down south, you know, my dad from from uh, Alabama and then my mom's from Belize. And when uh-huh. you go down south, man, you go into, like, Central America and all these different places, People chilling, man. They relaxing. They they put their work in. They moseying. They on their own time. They ain't rushed or pressed for nothing. Then you come to America, everybody rushing around trying to get, you know, certain parts of America. But um, but yeah, you realize there's there's other ways to live your life and not just how you were raised. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it, growing up, you're having your doors kicked in by the cops. Your, your house is being shot up. Your mom is crying. Mm-hmm. Is football your only outlet? How are you handling this as a kid? Was, was there a, a coach at any point that you looked up to? That Who was the adult that you were able to talk to? Because it sounds like your mom was, you know, overwhelmed with her own emotions. Was there any adult that that you bonded with? Yeah, I have. I had a lot of. Like my brothers, you know, being I would always follow my brothers. Uh, my coach, Coach uh, Rick Wilcox from like my Pop Warner coach. Uh, yeah, it would like I, I'm trying to say this on some. It wasn't like you know what I'm saying. I catch my mama crying, but you know. She, when we get over that, you know, we back happy. It wasn't like it was crazy. Like we was, like we was okay with the stuff that was going on. I don't know. I'm trying to say because I'm like, I grew up. It was fun. Like I don't understand. I can't really put it. No, like it was kind of like 
It was exciting. Yeah, it was just like, <laughs> it was just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just crazy. And I, I think I was like uh, five, and these kids was, and I used to always play Dino Man with my brothers and like football in the yard. And like, they was always big and just throwing me on the ground. Just, I was getting demolished. And these little kids my age walking up the street with some equipment. I'm like, where y'all going? I'm like, y'all soft. And they're like, we about to go play football. I'm like, man, I dog, y'all. And they're like, well, come up here and try out then. And I just walked up the street and tried out and put on equipment to knock everybody out. And the coach can bring, come knock on my mama door, like, hey, he got to play football. And she like, no, he's five. And they're like, he's five. Like, and I play still. And like, it was just, it was just crazy. Like, uh, yeah, that football was just, football was just like naturally because we, I, I grew up competitive. You, I got beat so much at home. Like, I'm talking about Mario race cars, ping pong. Like, I got beat and everything you can, and I like cry all the time. And like, when I left the house, I'm like, I'm gonna beat somebody today. Like, that's how I was. Like, I gotta beat, gotta win. So like, I'm, I got my girl, like my girl now, like, uh, I won't let her beat me in nothing. Like <laughs> her dad, I beat him in ping pong. I just modified, I destroy everybody. <laughs> like, I literally hate losing. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's just like, uh, that's just how it was. It was just growing. I just got to be competitive and everything. But like, uh, far as the, uh, what was my question? I got well, let track. me let me ask you this because you talked about crying, and it, it's so funny because uh, the view of a lot of men, especially, is that we're not emotional, we're stoic, we don't we don't cry. But you know, when we are, when you know, my. My sister has, you know, a, a little boy. And when I look at little boys, little boys are very emotional. I would yeah. say little boys are almost more emotional than girls. Yeah. Um, do you, you know, you cried as a boy. Do you still <laughs> cry? Do you have an issue around crying? No, I don't give a damn about crying. My crying is, I'm my mama's child. You know what I'm saying? Like that, I, I feel like I, took that emotional side from her. Like, I don't care about no uh, crying. I, I think one time I was in a, I was over my uh, brother's house and, and I told this girl, like, I don't want to talk to her about She's like, but you cried around me. I'm like, you just happen to be around. Like, I would cry around anybody. Like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> you feel like that we just connected or something? Like, I literally got to cry. Like, <laughs> So that ain't really like crying ain't nothing. Like if I gotta cry. What, what were you crying about? What what were the tears over? If you don't mind sharing. Uh, uh I don't even know what I was crying about, man. I think I was just tired. Like I was just I get overwhelmed with like a lot of like the thing I was talking, I think I was talking about like uh my uh because I like the thing I be I, I used to have a problem, like I would care about my family problems more than them. Like if my sister was going through something, I care about that more than her. Like it's like I'm feeling her pain and like crying like for her. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like like they'd be okay with it, but I'm still like, oh, are you okay? Like that's just I feel people pain more than them. Like I that's that was one of my uh problems. Like I had to like chill, like let them go through that, but it's like 
I just feel bad. Like some people in certain situations, like all right, yeah. so. So I, I, I do want to come back to that. So you're, uh, but to, to fast forward a little bit, you're you're in college, you're going pro. What were the barriers to you going pro? Did, I, I I don't even know. Did you make it to the NFL? Uh, see, I want to tell you to read a book, but. Uh, <laughs> I uh, got picked up by the Bengals. Yeah, I got picked up by the Bengals. You got picked up by the Bengals. And then uh, t- take us through uh, what happened in terms of what, what was the what was the big obstacle there? Uh, just got picked up by the Bengals. Uh, went out to celebrate. Uh, a lot of stuff happened, man. Uh, well, uh, somebody got killed. Uh, I... Uh, I got picked up by the next day. The next day, like me and my mom, like 50 cars surround us, guns out. Uh, literally, I didn't do nothing. Uh, I, uh, I, we, and the, somebody yelled out, like, oh, yeah, they, you play for the Bengals. Like, y'all got the wrong person. Police, like, well, you play for the Bengals. Oh, yeah, you ain't going nowhere. And, and that's what they needed to hear. Like, you play for the football. Somebody yelled that out. Uh, my brother turned himself in, like, all right, let my brother go. You got me. They're like, well, you ain't saying nothing, so we're going to charge him with tampering with evidence. So they just threw a charge on me because uh, nobody was talking. And, yeah, it took me, like, nine months. Yeah, I had, like, cameras all in the courtroom, like, media everywhere just blowing me up, like, NFL fair suspect, this, that, and the other. And then when the case get dismissed, but for me, and it was like, okay, sorry, just I'm sorry, Mr. Longino, you had nothing to do with nothing. I apologize. I hope you have a successful career. And me stopping the judge, like, oh, but sorry, but uh, it's just sad that you telling me this now, but ain't no cameras in here when you telling me this. It's all it was when I was a guilty person. So now it's like now it's like my name just crazy with stories, 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 but like I don't see one camera to, to tell like I ain't do nothing. This gets to miss judge telling me I wish I had a successful career. Sorry for the misunderstanding. So it's just like that was that was a part. Uh, I can't imagine how painful uh, that was and, and then just uh, on some level like a betrayal of you know, this is your, this is our country. This is where we're born. You know, mm-hmm. the system should be for us. And then, um, you know, to feel like the, the media turned on you and, and for a second, it felt like maybe the courts, uh, were going to turn on you also. Um, you know, I, I was arrested going into my senior year in high school, uh, mm-hmm. on some, I, you know, on some charges that I, I couldn't prove that I didn't do it. And, mm-hmm. uh, and luckily, because I was recruited, they gave me community service, um, and I just had to serve that before. But you know, to this day, I'm just upset that you know it, it's even though it was expunged, it was like, damn man, but I ain't do it, and I had to I had to plead guilty, you yeah. know, just to uh, just to you know go to college and, and walk away from it. Um, so. I, you know, to go through that experience, did that, were you still able to, to, to play in a professional league or did that, did that deter at all? 
Yeah, they wouldn't let me go. Like the Cincinnati Bengals said, no, nah, it's too late. Because it took nine months, like, for anything. I'm like, okay. Then I'm like, okay, well, I'll just turn up and go to Canada, play in Canada. But then I'm just like, can't, like, can't no one of my family see me in Canada. Like, I'm just like, this ain't even football. I just get, like, top, like, they won't let me in. I fail. I'm just like, you know what? It's over, man. Like, I did this to play in the NFL. Like, I don't want to play no arena football, no new under the league. I'm like, I, NFL or nothing. And I'm like, that was just it. So I'm like, I don't even give up football. One thing I did try to train my mind to do was, uh, if it ain't football, what is it? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I was just, it's so many people out here, like 33, 32, 30. Like, oh, I got this workout. It's like, man, just give it up. Like, damn. <laughs> so I, I ain't never want to be that person. So I just like, all right, it ain't work out. Let's see what's next. You know? So 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 what is next? I you you wrote the book. This this couldn't have been uh easy for you. Uh, tell me what that process. Did you immediately decide to write the book? Or wh- what happened once you go, you know what? I, I'm I don't want to play in the Canadian League. I don't want to do XFL. I don't want to play for the Rocks, whatever the, whatever the Rocks League is. <laughs> I don't want to play flag football. What yeah. What was your next step after that? Uh, so me and my brother, well, my next step was, okay, my next step was, uh, because my brother had got, I got from that whole thing, one of my brothers had got 23 years and one of my other brothers had got three years. And my brother who got three years, he like, hey man, like just the story need to be heard. Like, you know what I'm saying? So let's let's make this happen. So I'm like, okay, cool. So he uh so he called me, we had talked like jail calls all the time, like, okay. And he just writing. He just write. My brother, he write. He just ideas and he writing. That's part of his time. And then I, I started going around speaking. I started going to speak in the high school, just and motivating everybody, getting people motivated and fighting adversity. And you know, you're gonna hit that brick wall in your life, but you gotta just, you know, at the end of the day, you gotta look at yourself in the mirror and keep going. Because like, no matter who around you, man, it's all up to you. You know, what I'm saying you can play victim at this, that, and the other, but. You know what I'm saying? It's all on you. So while he writing and everything, and I'm out, like, talking to schools, I even went to go talk to uh, the prison he was at. And so he had got an early release, and we had put the book out. The book just went, like, crazy. Like, I'm talking about real crazy. And uh, I, I wanted to do some of the stuff that, that I wouldn't, that I didn't, that I was gonna do as soon as I got to the league, and that was I wanted to get back. So I'm like, let's do, let's do a camp. I'm like, I'm gonna do a football camp, and nobody, nobody ever did a football camp in East Cleveland because it's like you were like in a really in the middle of the hood, and like this many people is gonna be a shoot and something about to happen, and so nobody wanted to sponsor me. So I'm like, it's cool. So it's been like what, forty five hundred. Uh, we got like free. We so everything was free. It was like uh, 
I ain't want to charge because people be, people did like camps like in the suburbs, but them cost or whatever. So I'm like, ain't nobody paying nothing. So it was like three haircuts, three book bags. I had my mom and my sister out on the food for grill, like free food, free bouncy houses for kids underage. I had the radio station out there, the news, and it just went crazy. I'm talking about uh, I bought all the kids' shirt. It's personal. That's my like little. That's my little logo. It's personal. Uh, which if you of age just took that and put it on their workout shirts, little. I know somebody saw that. That's mine, and they just took that and put it's personal on there. But they suck. But anyway, uh, so we uh did the camp and it was probably like it was probably like 700 kids there and it started raining like the, as soon as it started it started raining out of nowhere and when I tell you these kids was running through this rain having the time of their life nobody cared and then like 30 minutes it just stopped sunny days everybody dried up it just continued and then everybody's just like man like wow like that camp was just a set. It was his history in the city. And then the next year went up to like 1,200 kids. I'm talking about it got even bigger. And it was just beautiful, man. Like everybody out just having fun. Same thing. I got sponsors this time by the local gas station, the pizza place. Like people wanted to come and like really support. So it just kept getting bigger. And I even had like people like NFL people like, uh, they see the buzz that I got, said so like, well, I'm gonna start making a camp. You know, I'm from the city too. And I'm telling them like, well, let's just, let's just merge. You know what I'm saying? Cause we talking about doing it on the same time. Like, man, these people have like 10, 20 people at their camps. I'm like, you don't want to try to compete with me now. Like I was like, I'm like a product of the city. Like these kids see me every day. You know what I'm saying? It ain't about, when you make it like they really seen me out here, like you know what I'm saying? Like so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pull them in. That's why I'm like, let's just merge. Instead of you have everybody doing camps on different days and you have 20 kids over there, you have 40 kids over there. I literally got like 1200 kids over here. Everybody just like just bring everybody together. Like everybody have fun. But that didn't work out. But now now they talking about they want to put that together and make everybody come together. Man, that's dope. I, I I love that. So, you know, you go from, you, you know, NFL prospect, you're looking at being drafted and then, you know, you get arrested. That doesn't work out. And and all of a sudden you go, if it's not football, then what is it? And what I love about that is you ask yourself a question, because that's one of the things that I've learned in terms of reframing and motivating myself is um, instead of telling myself what to do, like we're going to make it, we're going to make this happen is asking myself questions that'll get my brain thinking. And so when you said, if it's not football, then what is it? Because in there, it denotes that there is something more than football versus yeah. you could have just been like, damn, I, I, I'm not playing football no more. It's like, oh, what's the, what's the point? You know, you, you could have, you know, did that whole thing, but you said, then what is it? And and then you came up with the football camp, giving back, be, you know, being a person of service, right? Because up to this point, you had just been thinking about yourself and your family, right? You just been thinking about trying to get my moms out, taking care of my siblings, 
and you know uh, going pro and then whatever dreams and aspirations that you had personally and it's so funny because a lot of people think they have to have like millions in the bank before they can be of service you know oh once i become a millionaire i can give back no. and donate money and like your your parents the community donated time yeah. you know and because your heart was in it and they knew who you were mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. What when you when you think about now? Because I know you're in Scottsdale. Are, are you still continuing the camps, or or has it evolved, or what's the status of it now? It get bigger, and like literally every year, everybody's like, "When is the next camp?" Because COVID and like people, like so many people was like, you know, what I'm saying. So I'm like, I'm I'm not really sure how everybody really feeling. I want to like get it together, but. Next year is coming back like full on, and I'm even gonna do it out here uh, in Arizona. Uh, but next year is coming back full on. Uh, it's still gonna be free. Uh, but yeah, literally every year, like I literally get like hundreds of messages, like, "Hey, like the camp." If I like post like a throwback Thursday, like, hey, is is it coming back? Like when? My kid ready? Like the kids hit me up, like I'm ready. Like everybody ready for this camp. Because, like, you do, like, the seven on seven. Like, everybody just pumped forward, and it's coming back. Uh, so, yes, the camp's coming back, and I'm excited about that. And uh, I'm still trying to – and I'm also uh, about to start getting to coaching. Uh, I'm, I'm collecting all my uh, letter of recommendations from all my coaches, and I'm excited, and I'm about to just get into coaching and – and because that's, I feel like that's literally my calling card to like, to, because it's a scary, crazy world, man. And like, I just want the youth to be prepared and, you know what I'm saying, to be, to, to be a leader of themselves and not follow others and just, you know, be sure of themselves. And I want them to go in this world with confidence. And, and that's what I feel like uh, my calling card is. Uh, just being, especially because I got, I got 30 nieces and nephews. So I've been, I'm just around kids and I just want to see them grow. And that is that love to spread off into the world for me. So, yeah. You said your, your brother helped you write the book, right? Yeah. So is he writing another book now? Is he, you know, cause this must've opened up a can of worms for him. Yeah. Uh, a movie in play right now. About your life. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, the characters, cameras rolling as we speak. Uh, uh, movie coming out soon. Going to be here probably beginning the next year. But yeah, it's, getting, it's in Cleveland, getting everything together in Cleveland right now. So, it's yeah, big things coming off of it. So, yeah. And so tell me more about this this tagline or slogan that you have. It's personal. And, it's, and, and, and the reason why I'm asking is in – I'm in therapy right now and in cognitive behavioral therapy, they'll say, you know, we want to be aware of the three P's. Uh, Nothing is personal. Nothing is pervasive and nothing is permanent. But for you, your slogan is it's personal. So tell me what that, what that means for you. Everything is personal. You know, I don't know why people say nothing is personal. I think when people leave, like when people put a story, up like nothing personal. I think it's a shot at me. Like stop, it's personal. Take it personal. 
You know what I'm saying? Just, and it's personal for me because I'm such a competitor. You know what I'm saying? I come from a competitive mindset. So when I wake up today, you know what I'm saying? It's personal. You know what I'm saying? What you want to do, make it personal. Like, it's like, it's a growth. You know what I'm saying? It's a personal growth. Like, uh, what you want to get done, get it done. It's personal. Make it personal. Uh, what, uh, what, uh, if you need to just chill, it's personal. That's personal, like, for your mind, for yourself. It's, everything is for your, like, it's personal. Just take it personal. Take it as a challenge. That's basically what I'm like. Take it as a challenge, you know what I'm saying? To better yourself, you know, take that personal. Uh, take your, uh, your friend talking behind your back personal. Like, just, it's just, like, get an understanding of it. Like, be aware of your surroundings. Take that personal. Like, it's just, it's personal, man. It's just, I don't see nothing no other way. I feel good about seeing everything as personal, you know? Just like. It, it, it sounds like it motivates you. It, it, it gets you up. It fires you up. It makes you want to take action. Yeah. It's a, you know, even if I'm laying down, man, I'm taking that personal rest I need. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just everything is personal. Don't, don't not take nothing personal because that means you relax like you, 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 it's like you sleeping on it, like you sleeping on the opportunity, man. Take that personal and use that opportunity to do something with it. You know what I'm saying? Like to to think about it a little longer. Take that, per, take them talking over you. Let take it personal, and you know what I'm saying. And build yourself up and do something. You know what I'm saying? Just to you know, just take it personal. Go work out. Go take that personal. They saying they can't reach your goal. Go hit your goal. It's personal now. Like, so, yeah, that comes from, like, a competitive mindset where, you know, you just, it's like winning within yourself. I like that. Winning within yourself. Yeah. Um, part of, it sounds like when you talk about taking it personal and being competitive, it sounds like a component of that is collaboration. Because I, I, I think that a lot of people, when they hear, take things personally, I'm competitive. They think that they got to do everything themselves. But what you shared with your book is like you and your brother on the phone every day and you're, and you're talking and your brother's writing it down. When you talked about the camp, your mom was involved, your siblings were involved, the community got involved. Can you talk to me about that part? Like what does competitive mean to you and what does it require for you to, 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 to compete and be competitive? What are the components of that? Uh, I mean, competitive. I'm just like in life. I'm not really competitive. Like, like, okay. Like, I, I had to explain this to my brother because he like he took it the wrong way. He was like, uh, like how his mindset is. Like, he like, uh, he like, man, we ain't no competition. And I'm looking like we is in a competition, but he's like, "What? You competing with me?" And I'm like, "Yeah," but I'm not competing with him. Like, <laughs> oh, he, if he got more money, I'm jealous. Or I'm I'm saying like, I break it down. What I was talking about with my brother was I'm compete like like I compete with my brothers. Like I'm talking like stuff on Mother's Day. I'm who gonna make mommy smile the most? Like. That's what I was talking about. I had to break it down. And I'm like, I'm talking about with mommy. Like, I ain't talking about the world. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, people, but, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
that's why I learned to like, I try to like, when I listen to people, I try to like think about what, how they said it. Cause I want to put myself in their shoes before I react because sometimes it don't really come out right. So I like, okay, thank you. Okay. Back to what we was talking about the other day. Like I was like, I listened to what you were saying, but I was saying it like this and I come back when I got a better, I don't just jump and say it because it don't ever really come out right sometimes. So, but yeah, competing is just like a, when I say competing, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just talking about like in like, like fun game stuff, whatever, like, you know what I'm saying? But like, I take like, I do compete in a way, like wherever I see like somebody doing good over there, I'm like, damn, I'm proud of you. That's what's up. Now, I want to do good now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's my, you know what I'm saying? I, I want to do good. And like, I feel like we competing with you. Like, you know what I'm saying? You doing good. I'm doing good. We probably going to just keep leveling up. You know what I'm saying? Now you want to be me. That's like good competition. Like, it ain't like no, it ain't never no compete where like, that's the comp- competition where I'm always so sportsmanship to. You know what I'm saying? But like, me talking about me, like, just love, don't like to lose. That's like with sports. Now, I'm not going to show you no sportsmanship in that. <laughs> I'm going to just beat you. I'm going to talk as much of as I can. But other than that, yeah, I just want to, I'm sportsmanship all the way. Just you do good, I'm do good. Let's keep doing good together, you know, just good vibes and good energy. Take that personal and that aspect. But yeah. Yeah, because, you know, even with the camps, you you, you talked about recruiting or inviting others who are doing camps, you know, yeah. to working with you. It's like, let's all grow this together versus yeah me competing with you and like, I already got 1200 and I'm going to blow this up so big that no kids show up to your camp. Like you could have, you could have been like that. Yeah. No, I'm like, let's do it all together. Like why? why? Cause these kids, they really friends, but you know what I'm saying? They at your camp, like they missing each other at camp because they parents know me and you know what I'm saying? You know, they parents, like they friends though, but it's like, let's just bring everybody together. You know what I'm saying? Because one of them was what spending way more, too much money on this camp, but it was like, okay, you ain't got enough kids. Like I, ain't, I only spent, you know what I'm saying, four, four grand. I ain't got. I just got the community out here working for free. But you know what I'm saying? I bought the bounty houses and bought the shirts. But other than that, like it really wasn't no spending. I'm like, but if you want to spend your money with me, we can make this thing. We can make history you know what i'm saying but but we're gonna get on them bases uh soon though we're gonna get we're gonna get there set that foundation and make that big so antonio you're saying so many things that um i think a lot of people need to hear especially the part about how you that what your thought process was for the college you went to and then also for um you know your decision uh, of not to pursue the Canadian League or the XFL, in that they both seemed in part to revolve around your family. Like when you thought about Kansas, you were like, I want to be close enough so I can drive home and see my family. When, mm-hmm. when you're talking about, you know, the Canadian League, you're like, my family can't see me up there. And yeah. it's important because people are, are so quick to want to be independent and leave the house and get away from their family. And it's like, it sounds like you don't want to do anything without the family, without your group, without your people. Can you tell me more about that? It's like, you don't want to, you don't want to do this alone. You don't want to compete by yourself. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> well, Canada, it was like, 
they ain't gonna let people in there with felonies. There's <laughs> a lot of people who got felonies. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I'm playing <laughs> for real. <laughs> I'm like, dang, I can't get no. Hey, who gonna come see me? I'm like, sure, I ain't come from the best place, but you know what I'm saying. I got some good, <laughs> good people. I like to, to see me. <laughs> so, oh man, I'm dying right now. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was it. It was like, man, like it was just. And Canada kind of different football at the same time, but okay, so that was it. And like, like when my brother, and my girl used to come to the game, you know, it was like a, I'd be like, a, I'll point to them, like I know they, I know they see that. So I'll point like, hey, why here? And ASU like, hey, this play right here, sack. And I just go and just knock somebody out. And I'm like, like I get amped, like you know, like my brothers and my mom, they never miss my game. They come out every home game. And like I'm just turning up, I'm like, watch this. Like I'll be telling people like this is about to be a record day. Like, like I, I get at like it's like when you, when you was younger and, and you on the street outside and you about to fight and your mama pull up. I'm definitely about to beat you more because my mama here now. Like you can't lose around your mama. Like it ain't even <laughs> it's like she like go beat it. It's like, oh, all right, it's over for you now. Like I I was about to take it easy, but now it's over. Like, I ain't, you ain't about to, you know, you just get an extra amp. Like, I, certain people understand this, though, but. Well, well, I understand because I got an extra beating in front of this dude's, this, me and this dude got into a fight and his whole family was there and he did extra. Yeah, it took me. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. <laughs> <laughs> For real, <laughs> he did extra. He <laughs> like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. It, it, you know what's funny? It wasn't even painful. It's just more embarrassing. Yeah. You know, all the extra. I was like, man. <laughs> round one turned around three. <laughs> No, and the worst part is his mom was encouraging him. Get him. That's right. That's right. And I was like, "This somebody yeah. mama encourage. I like, I'm only, I was only like nine or 10 at the time. And get somebody extra, mama. <laughs> you get extra hype, man. I don't know. When it's your mama raising you, like without, without, you know what I'm saying? When your, when your mama's single and raising like some men, some boys, whatever. You know what I'm saying? That's that's just a mother trying to install that toughness that the asses of the father. Like, well, he ain't about to be soft because of, you know what I'm saying, without no. And that's that was kind of what it is. It was like, all right, well, go do your thing then. They, they want to fight you. So now I was like, okay, mama here. But like in football, whatever the same, I'm about to just show up. It was just like that. It's just like, it just feel good to look. See your mom in the crowd just happy. Like, that's my baby, you know? But mommy so. Tell to go to church and tell people like, yeah, my baby going to a big college, not one of those baby colleges. Like, just happy, you know. So it just made me feel good. What um, are there any books you've written a book? But are are there any books that you've read um, that have uh, guided you or that you just enjoyed reading? You're like, man, I really enjoyed that book. Hey, my girl just got me this book. I was just reading this. It doesn't start with you. 
It don't start with you. I'm reading that right now. That's so funny. I'm halfway through it. Stop. Hey, this is like, it's hitting me on the craziest ways, though. Like, I'm like, right, though. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like it's a lot true. Like, you know what I'm saying? Even for like, but trauma to get passed down to you from generations that you don't even know. You know what I'm saying? Certain clips in your head, all that. But that's kind of the book that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's hit me different. Like, I'm looking like, hey, right. You know, got to get your heart broken to really open it. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of this stuff hit me hard. Who, who recommended that book to you? My girl, my fiance. Oh, wow. And then did she say why she wanted you to read that or why she thought you would benefit from it? Because I'm so family oriented. And like, she like, yo, like, and she be seeing that my hurt. Like, she the only one that can like really see my hurt out of all this. So she like, uh, this would be a good book for you. Like, cause she know what, she know what I'm going through. When you experience those moments of hurt, are you able to say in that moment, wow, that what you just said hurt or that really hurt? Or is that something that you kind of keep to yourself and, you know, you hit the gym and the weights or? Uh, like, as far as when I'm, no, not, I hold it sometimes. Cause I, like, like if I'm hurt by somebody, like it ain't really like on the spot. It ain't, it ain't really, It'd be like if I had a conversation with somebody and they said something crazy. Uh yeah, okay, okay, okay. And then I hang up. Like when we done, we done talking. I'm like, all right. And they won't even think I'm hurt from it, but you know, cause I try to look at why they said this. Like, you know, I'm trying I'm like, why you say this? And I try to look at her, put it in your put me in your shoes, like, okay, why would you say this? And I think about it. Sometimes it takes weeks. Like, and I like if it's not adding up to me, and I then I'm like, okay, now it's my turn to, you know what I'm saying? They think it's over, but it's like, no, like let me say what I gotta say now, cause like I just thought about that for three days. Three days. <laughs> I, I I was trying to see your point, but I don't see your point. You know what I'm saying? So now, now I feel offended a bit. So now I got to Now you got to hear my little rap. But yeah, I just try to like jump up people's shoes and, and try to figure out why you even said that. Like, what made you say some shit like that? So that's how, that's, that's how I think. But like, as far as like a lot of other stuff, I like a lot of stuff build up and I try to like take stuff. I don't want to really put, uh, and I had to tell my woman that like, I don't want to put too much on you. Cause you know what I'm saying? She from Orange County, you know what I'm saying? So she don't really, shit. I, I live a movie to her, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I don't even want to, put that energy to you like you you don't you don't know what to do with that like that ain't none of you even but it's like so I tried like to hold it all in I used to have like like panic attacks where it's like sometimes I'll be on the road and I'll just pull up and I'll just cry I can't stop like like when it when it like and it probably happened like every six months every five months like where I just can't I can't stop crying like sometimes I probably was at in the bathroom, I'm on the bathroom floor just crying. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm about to die. Like, call, she's like, oh, I'm like, breathe, just breathe. I'm like, yeah, like some, but she's like, it's okay to let it out. But at the same time, when that happens though, I feel better that I just let it all out from like crying. Like, so 
I don't try to stop it. I just put like when I if I got a crowd on the freeway, like over a song, like ride wave or something. And I'm like, damn, that shit really hit me. And I just let it all out. And then I just, believe it or not, I literally feel happier after that. Like, but like, yeah, I don't try to stop it or nothing. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful thing because I think so many people are, are medicating their tears, right? They they cry, they get a little panic attack, and immediately they go to the medication. And and but there is something uh, soothing about just pulling over to the side of the road, feeling all the feelings, and then you know you start driving again, and you're good. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, is there is there any uh, part of your experience? that we haven't talked about that you think would be beneficial to people who are um, trying to overcome an obstacle or experiencing some type of, I, I want to say identity crisis, because, you know, you had identified as a, as an athlete, as a football player for so long, and mm -hmm. then to have it seemingly stripped away from you, you had to reframe. Uh, are there any, is there anything else? And then you gave back and you, you connected with your family and, yeah. you, and you channeled that energy into a book, into creative expression. Is there any other part of your journey that helped you, you know, be the man that you are today? Any part of my journey? Help. My fiance. <laughs> yes. Say she more. It was just the, the, cause when I was going through all that, like I was like lost. Like, cause I was like, when I got picked up in the rest, whatever, she was just there. Like, I feel like nobody was there. Like, I, I went to like a dark place. Like, cause I, I'm out on bond. Uh, somebody, Mama house gets set on fire because somebody died. So like you out on bond. Now we're dealing with like, okay, streets. Okay. Can't do nothing. So boom. My house gets set on fire. My brother gets shot up at a red light. Uh so now we like, okay, it's, we just go. So now I'm in a I'm in a house with like a 40 on my lap. And I'm just looking in the mirror like, fuck, like, this is my life now, man. Like, this is what I try to avoid forever. Like, and I'm I don't even like God. It's like I hate him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just looking like, I'm literally just looking at myself with a gun, like, just like I look at myself for three hours, not saying nothing, just looking at myself. Where am I at? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it was painful. And my girl, look, wasn't even together at the time. She would fly to Cleveland Friday and Sunday every weekend. Like, I don't, I don't know how much these plane tickets was. She flying Friday to Sunday. You good? That's a, like Friday night, late Sunday morning. She gotta go to work Monday. Are you good? Or are you good? Every weekend, like, damn, are you come, you just came left. Oh, you just came. I'm talking about for months now. Like, you think if she happens to miss a weekend, I go a, a, a box to be at my door, a care package with a card in it, food. Like, you good? 
Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm just like, yo. Like, yo, she don't understand like how much she lifting me up right now. You know what I'm saying? And eventually I'll just put this, like, you know what I'm saying? Gay that up, like, gay that gun up. Like, man, I'm cool. Like, you feel me? I got, <sighs> I'm loved. You feel me? Like, it's going to be good. It's going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? Like, shit. <laughs> but, like, it, like, she just built me up, man. Like, it just, like, helped me just get through a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? And so that's, she probably the, the one, like, my rock who just been, who been picking me. Like, every time I fail, she, you know what I'm saying? She don't give me a crush. She just, you feel me? She like, no, we about to stay walking. You ain't about to, you all right? You know, so that was, that's, that's definitely a big part of who I am today. And uh, another one is just like, you know, my, shoot, me, that, me finding who I am. And just like, man, I got, you ain't go through all this just to <laughs> fold, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a solid dude. And shit, you got to just keep, I, I just look like you got to just keep going, man. Like, after the, that book, like, like I used to tell people when they buy it, like, man, hey, when you read this book, if this ain't the best top three books you ever read in your life, you can get your money back. And people are like, okay. I'm like, and people come, man, this is the best book I ever, it's crazy because it's like, it ain't, you know, I don't care where you're from. I always tell people, like, have an open mind. Like, especially, like, if you, if you are from a suburb or something, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Have an open mind. I get, like, my dentist bought the book. I'm like, nice lady. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, but when you read it, she's like, oh, you're the nicest person in the world. I'm like, yeah, I am. But have an open mind, though, because it's some, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I've been through some shit, but you feel me? You you think I'm this great guy. I am a great guy, but this story, you know what I'm saying? You're going to see why I am a great guy. You know what I'm saying? The shit that, that made me and why you such adore me. Like, like I'm like, I open your mind. She's like, oh, no, I, I'm going to open my mind. Like, no, I'll open it, though. Like, not like, <laughs> we ain't playing right here, though. <laughs> like, I don't know what you think. <laughs> Play, play, like, oh, it's real, like, you know what I'm saying? She come crying next time. I'm like, like, cleaning my teeth, crying, like, dang, like, wipe yourself, are you good? Like, like, no, she crying, like, no, like, this is the craziest story in the world, like, we need to make a petition, get you back in that field. Like, I'm like, no, I'm good. Even if I want to, my body done. Like, (laughs) I ain't running nowhere. Yo, I mean, that's that's real talk because, you know, I, I didn't go pro, but I played four years and I can't even imagine what my body would be experiencing if I played uh, college or uh, professional football. I see uh, players retiring at a younger and younger age now. Some dude just retired at 28. I think it was yeah. an offensive lineman. He's like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm, I'm gone. Peace. <laughs> You know, I, I feel him like Tom, Tom Brady's still going, but he got protection. You know, yeah. ain't nobody touching Tom Brady no more. Oh, no, man, that's a beautiful story. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, I'm gonna link to the show notes. It didn't start with you, the book that Antonio talked about, and then we'll also put a link to Antonio's book, 
forth in trenches also in the show notes. Uh, I have two more questions. One is, what are you looking forward to right now, Antonio? Um, new journey. Uh, shoot, new journey. Uh, as far as just my camps coming back, uh, me coaching. Uh, shoot, just I got a my wedding October first. Shoot, uh, looking to start going for some kids after that. Uh, so I got a lot to look, you know what I'm saying, doing, redoing my house, like doing the backyard, all the types of garage. Like I'm just looking forward to just growing my woman. Uh, also just being able to get out there and give back and just spreading love and good energy. And that's the type of stuff I want, man. Like I'm just excited for that, man. And just that that's my calling card, man. Just giving back and just giving people the vibes that that I that I that I see and I feel. So yeah. Man, that's a beautiful thing. Congrats on the wedding October 1st. Um and then last question, ask this of all my guests, because always imagine there's one person listening who may be on the precipice of wanting to end their life. Before you kill yourself, what would you say to them, Antonio? Before you kill yourself, what would I say? I'd say, man, whatever you're going through right now is going to get better because you might feel weak, whatever, whatever you're going God give his strongest soldiers, man, the toughest battles, man. Like you, you probably feel like, damn, well, it's too much, man. Well, I'm telling you, you hang in there. Usually the best thing happen right before you give up. Like just don't give up, man. Like great things is coming. And just just hang in there, man, and receive your blessing, man. Don't let nobody else steal your blessing, man. It's coming. Hang in there. Don't don't ever give up, man. I was I was about to give up like literally a million times, but I decided to stop ignoring the signs that people out there love me. I I love myself. I can fight for myself. And, you know, just coming from the trenches, homeowner, you know what I'm saying? Really staying positive, you know, I feel like just don't give up, man. It's, it's right around the corner, man. If you feel like if you feel like it uh is the end is near, trust me, it's not. It's literally just the beginning, man. You about to open open up a whole new chapter to some great things. You just gotta hang in there to receive your blessing. So that's what I say, man. Just don't don't do such a thing, man. Just stay strong, man. It's gonna I promise you it's gonna get better. Cause it got better for me. I'll tell you that. Thank you so much, Antonio. Thank you so much, listeners, for tuning in. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you calling and reaching out for help. Call the 1-800-SUICIDE, which is now 988. That's right. They changed it. They made it easier for you. 988. Call that number. Reach out. You can, uh, you can go to 1-800-273-HELP. You can also go to... Uh, if you want one-on-one coaching with yours truly, go to thrivewithleo.com for coaching with yours truly. And then if you're international, if you're in Budapest, Sri Lanka, uh, if you're in Israel, 
If you if you in Georgia, if you in the Ukraine, wherever you are in the world, Nigeria, Kenya, there are international suicide hotline numbers in each and every single one of the show notes. But you have to make the first step. Click the link, call. You can chat. You can text. Uh, and then also, obviously, you can always go to BetterHelp.com forward slash Leo and enjoy your 10% off your first months of therapy. Thank you so much, Antonio. For, Thank for you. Thanks for having me.